1 Nephi chapter 11. We now begin to get some of the most fascinating information in the entire Book of Mormon. We not only get a more detailed interpretation of the vision received by Father Lehi, but we learn that the Holy Ghost is in the form of a man. We also learn about the coming of the Gentiles to America, including the arrival of Columbus, and we also learn about a vision he received on his fourth journey to America from an angel whose identity has now been revealed. We hear about the Revolutionary War, the restoration of the gospel, and the future destiny of America. Nephi even got to see the day through which we are now living. But let us first begin with Nephi's petition to the Lord that he be allowed to see what his father Lehi had seen. It is interesting that once Nephi had asked the Lord to show him what his father saw, he felt assured the Lord would grant his request. For it came to pass, after I had desired to know the things that my father had seen, and believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the Spirit of the Lord, yea, into an exceeding high mountain, which I never had before seen, and upon which I never had before set my foot. Nephi was caught up into a new, strange, and exceedingly high mountain, exactly as Moses had been. When Moses was caught up, he was allowed to see God face to face. In the case of Nephi, he says he was caught up by the Spirit of the Lord to a high mountain where he had never been before. And while he received revelations from the Lord, it doesn't say that he got to see him face to face. And the Spirit said unto me, Behold, what desirest thou? And I said, I desire to behold the things which my father saw. And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he hath spoken? And I said, Yea, thou knowest that I believe all the words of my father. It is interesting that the Spirit wanted to hear Nephi bear testimony that he believed what his father had said. And when I had spoken these words, the Spirit cried with a loud voice, saying, Hosanna to the Lord, the Most High God, for He is God over all the earth, yea, even above all. And blessed art thou, Nephi, because thou believest in the Son of the Most High God. Wherefore thou shalt behold the things which thou hast desired. And behold, this thing shall be given unto thee for a sign, that after thou hast beheld the tree which bore the fruit which thy father tasted, thou shalt also behold a man descending out of heaven, and him shall ye witness. And after ye have witnessed him, ye shall bear record that it is the Son of God. It is clear that Nephi was talking to a person in this vision. Some have wondered if this might have been the premortal spirit of the Savior. However, the Book of Mormon refers to the Spirit of God 40 times, and nearly all instances it is made very clear that he is referring to the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, Nephi is told that he is going to see a man descending from heaven, and he is to bear record that it is the Son of God. This would seem to further suggest that Nephi is not talking to the Son of God, 
but to the Holy Ghost who bears witness of the Father and the Son. And it came to pass that the Spirit said unto me, Look. And I looked and beheld a tree, and it was like unto the tree which my father had seen. And the beauty thereof was far beyond, yea, exceeding of all beauty, and the whiteness thereof did exceed the whiteness of the driven snow. And it came to pass, after I had seen the tree, I said unto the Spirit, I behold, thou hast shown unto me the tree which is precious above all. And he said unto me, What desirest thou? And I said unto him, To know the interpretation thereof. For I spake unto him as a man speaketh, for I beheld that he was in the form of a man. Yet nevertheless I knew that it was the Spirit of the Lord, and he spake unto me as a man speaketh with another. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look. And I looked as if to look upon him, and I saw him not, for he had gone from before my presence. These verses are very significant. Nephi says he knew he was talking to the Spirit of the Lord, and he was in the form of a man. No other prophet speaks of seeing the Holy Ghost or Spirit of the Lord as a man. But no sooner did Nephi realize what a great privilege was being granted to him when the Spirit of the Lord vanished. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the great city of Jerusalem, and also other cities. And I beheld the city of Nazareth, and in the city of Nazareth I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. And it came to pass that I saw the heavens open, and an angel came down and stood before me, and he said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said unto him, A virgin, most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said unto me, Knowest thou the condescension of God? As the angel replaced the Holy Ghost, Nephi saw the vision of a beautiful virgin. And the angel asked Nephi if he appreciated the condescension or kindness and grace which God was about to bestow on mankind. And I said unto him, I know that he loveth his children. Nevertheless, I do not know the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God, after the manner of the flesh. And it came to pass that I beheld that she was carried away in the Spirit. And after she had been carried away in the Spirit for the space of a time, the angel spake unto me, saying, Look. And I looked and beheld the virgin again, bearing a child in her arms. Of course, the Father's condescension, kindness, and grace was to sacrifice his Son for the redemption of mankind. And the angel said unto me, Behold the Lamb of God, yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father. Knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw? And I answered him, saying, Yea, it is the love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men. Wherefore it is the most desirable above all things. And he spake unto me, saying, 
yea, and the most joyous to the soul. This passage reminds us of John 3 and 16, where Jesus said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the beautiful white tree represented this love of the Father for his earthly children. And after he had said these words, he said unto me, Look, and I looked, and I beheld the Son of God going forth among the children of men. And I saw many fall down at his feet and worship him. And it came to pass that I beheld that the rod of iron, which my father had seen, was the word of God, which led to the fountain of living waters, or to the tree of life, which waters are a representation of the love of God. And I also beheld that the tree of life was a representation of the love of God. Now Nephi saw in vision the ministry of Christ, it would be over 600 years in the future. It was the same ministry of Christ Lehi had seen in his second vision. Furthermore, Nephi was given part of the interpretation of his father's dream. Nephi saw the iron rod leading up to the tree of God's love. Next to it was the fountain of living water, which also represented God's love. Nephi was told the iron rod was the word of God, the holy scriptures. And the angel said unto me again, Look, and behold the condescension of God. And I looked, and beheld the Redeemer of the world, of whom my father had spoken. And I also beheld the prophet, who should prepare the way before him. And the Lamb of God went forth and was baptized of him. And after he was baptized, I beheld the heavens open, and the Holy Ghost come down out of heaven, and abide upon him in the form of a dove. Nephi got to see John the Baptist, and he also saw John actually baptizing the Savior. He even saw the sign of the Holy Ghost descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And I beheld that he went forth ministering unto the people in power and great glory. And the multitudes were gathered together to hear him, and I beheld that they cast him out from among them. And I also beheld twelve others following him. And it came to pass that they were carried away in the Spirit from before my face, and I saw them not. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me again, saying, Look! And I looked, and I beheld the heavens open again. And I saw angels descending upon the children of men, and they did minister unto them. And he spake unto me again, saying, Look! And I looked and beheld the Lamb of God going forth among the children of men. And I beheld multitudes that were sick, and who were afflicted with all manner of diseases, and with devils and unclean spirits, and the angel spake and showed all these things unto me, and they were healed by the power of the Lamb of God, and the devils and the unclean spirits were cast out. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me again, saying, Look! And I looked and beheld the Lamb of God, that he was taken by the people, yea, the Son of the everlasting God was judged of the world. 
and I saw and bear record. And I, Nephi, saw that he was lifted up upon the cross and slain for the sins of the world. And after he was slain, I saw the multitudes of the earth, that they were gathered together to fight against the apostles of the Lamb. For thus were the twelve called by the angel of the Lord. Finally, Nephi saw the cruel terror of the crucifixion and the persecution of the apostles that followed. And the multitude of the earth was gathered together. And I beheld that they were in a large and spacious building like unto the building which my father saw. And the angel of the Lord spake unto me again, saying, Behold the world and the wisdom thereof. Yea, behold the house of Israel hath gathered together to fight against the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And it came to pass that I saw and bear record that the great and spacious building was the pride of the world, and it fell, and the fall thereof was exceeding great. And the angel of the Lord spake unto me again, saying, Thus shall be the destruction of all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people that shall fight against the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Last of all, Nephi learns the tragic truth about the great and spacious building. It turns out to be filled with the apostate house of Israel, who have been perverted by the pride of the world. He saw that they had only contempt for the Savior and his apostles. But suddenly Nephi saw that the great and spacious building totally collapsed and crumbled to the ground. The wicked Israelites who survived and escaped were scattered all over the world. In volume 1, page 68, there is a representation of everything which Lehi saw in his vision and also a list of what each symbol represented. 1 Nephi chapter 12 Now Nephi sees a complete shift of scenery. His vision suddenly moves to America with millions of people populating the land. The Lord had a lot of confidence in young Nephi to unload on his shoulders this next vision of the future and expect him to comprehend it. And it came to pass that the angel said unto me, Look and behold thy seed, and also the seed of thy brethren. And I looked and beheld the land of promise, and I beheld multitudes of people, yea, even as it were in number, as many as the sand of the sea. And it came to pass that I beheld multitudes gathered together to battle, one against the other. And I beheld wars, and rumors of wars, and great slaughters with the sword among my people. And it came to pass that I beheld many generations pass away after the manner of wars and contentions in the land. And I beheld many cities, yea, even that I did not number them. What Nephi had just seen in vision extended over nearly 600 years of early American history. Then he saw what would happen at the time Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. And it came to pass that I saw a mist of darkness on the face of the land of promise. And I saw lightnings, and I heard thunderings, and earthquakes, and all manner of tumultuous noises. And I saw the earth and the rocks that they rent. 
and I saw mountains tumbling into pieces, and I saw the plains of the earth that they were broken up, and I saw many cities that they were sunk, and I saw many that they were burned with fire, and I saw many that did tumble to the earth because of the quaking thereof. At the time of Christ's crucifixion, the destruction in America was far worse than anything which happened in Jerusalem, although there was a minor earthquake there. In America, there was not only a complete turmoil across the surface of the land, but the heavens were cloaked under three days and nights of total, total darkness. And it came to pass, after I saw these things, I saw the vapor of darkness, that it passed from off the face of the earth. And behold, I saw multitudes who had not fallen because of the great and terrible judgments of the Lord. And I saw the heavens open, and the Lamb of God descending out of heaven. And he came down and showed himself unto them. It would be wonderful to know how this young prophet felt when he saw the Savior descending from heaven to visit Nephi's own descendants. We later learned that this miraculous event occurred in the land of Bountiful near an American temple. And I also saw and bear record that the Holy Ghost fell upon twelve others, and they were ordained of God and chosen. And the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold the twelve disciples of the Lamb, who are chosen to minister unto thy seed. The calling of twelve apostles for the ministry of Christ in America must have been extremely impressive to Nephi. His descendants were going to receive everything the followers of Christ received in Jerusalem. It is interesting that in the Book of Mormon, the twelve apostles that ministered to the people in this land were referred to as disciples, even though they did have an apostolic calling. Then the angel had something to say about those who would be called to be apostles in Jerusalem, and also something to say about those who would be called to be disciples or apostles in America. And he said unto me, Thou rememberest the twelve apostles of the Lamb? Behold, they are they who shall judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Wherefore the twelve ministers of thy seed shall be judged of them, for ye are of the house of Israel. And these twelve ministers whom thou beholdest shall judge thy seed. And behold, they are righteous forever, for because of their faith in the Lamb of God, their garments are made white in his blood. And the angel said unto me, Look, and I looked and beheld three generations pass away in righteousness, and their garments were white even like unto the Lamb of God. And the angel said unto me, These are made white in the blood of the Lamb because of their faith in him. And I, Nephi, also saw many of the fourth generation who passed away in righteousness. Nephi had now seen the three and a half generations after the ministry of Christ in America. It had been 350 years of a prosperous and righteous Zion society that would thrive in America. We are later told that during most of this time, everyone in America were members of the Church of Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that I saw the multitudes of the earth gathered together. And the angel said unto me, 
Behold thy seed, and also the seed of thy brethren. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the people of my seed gathered together in multitudes against the seed of my brethren, and they were gathered together to battle. It must have been hard for Nephi to even comprehend how the descendants of himself and his brethren would engage in such a terrible civil war of total destruction. The angel went on to explain what had happened. And the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold the fountain of filthy water which thy father saw, yea, even the river of which he spake, and the depths thereof are the depths of hell and the mists of darkness are the temptations of the devil, which blindeth the eyes and hardeneth the hearts of the children of men, and leadeth them away into broad roads that they perish and are lost. Now the angel refers back to Lehi's dream in which he saw a river of filthy water representing the depths of hell. He also spoke of the mists of darkness which rose from the depths of this river to blind the people. And he mentioned the great and spacious building that was doomed to cataclysmic destruction. And the large and spacious building which thy father saw is vain imaginations and the pride of the children of men. And a great and a terrible gulf divideth them, yea, even the word of the justice of the eternal God and the Messiah who is the Lamb of God, of whom the Holy Ghost beareth record from the beginning of the world until this time, and from this time henceforth and forever. And while the angels spake these words, I beheld and saw that the seed of my brethren did contend against my seed, according to the word of the angel. And because of the pride of my seed and the temptations of the devil, I beheld that the seed of my brethren did overpower the people of my seed. And it came to pass that I beheld and saw the people of the seed of my brethren that they had overcome my seed. And they went forth in multitudes upon the face of the land. And finally Nephi saw the great civil war between his own descendants and the descendants of Laman and Lemuel. Nephi saw that this war was intended by both sides to be totally devastating, to be a genocidal destruction. And I saw them gathered together in multitudes, and I saw wars and rumors of wars among them. And in wars and rumors of wars I saw many generations pass away. And the angel said unto me, Behold, these shall dwindle in unbelief. And it came to pass that I beheld, after they had dwindled in unbelief, they became a dark and loathsome and a filthy people, full of idleness and all manner of abominations. Nephi saw that this war obliterated all remnants of righteousness and left the land in the hands of a degenerate apostate people. What a depressing, heart-rendering vision. However, America was now ready for a whole new historical epic. 1 Nephi chapter 13 since Nephi had seen a prophetic vision of the complete disintegration of civilization among the children of Lehi from 400 A.D. to 1400 A.D., the Lord then wanted Nephi to see how Satan would endeavor to spread darkness over all the earth. Nevertheless, God would gradually open America to the Gentiles of Europe 
and change everything. First Nephi saw the work of Satan's great and abominable church, trying to get control over all the Gentiles. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look! And I looked and beheld many nations and kingdoms. And the angel said unto me, What beholdest thou? And I said, I behold many nations and kingdoms. And he said unto me, These are the nations and kingdoms of the Gentiles. And it came to pass that I saw among the nations of the Gentiles the formation of a great church. And the angel said unto me, Behold the formation of a church which is most abominable above all other churches, which slayeth the saints of God, yea, and tortureth them, and bindeth them down, and yoketh them with a yoke of iron, and bringeth them down into captivity. And it came to pass that I beheld this great and abominable church, and I saw the devil, that he was the founder of it. It is interesting that Satan's church is not a particular denomination. It is described as all those who fight against the Lord's work among the children of men. This is the way God describes it in 1 Nephi chapter 22, verse 14. When the gospel was restored, the Lord said, quote, Speak against no church, save it be the church of the devil. This statement is in Doctrine and Covenants section 18, verse 20. This means to fight evil emanating from Satan and his angels, but not attack any particular denomination. And I also saw gold and silver and silks and scarlets and fine twined linen, and all manner of precious clothing, and I saw many harlots. And the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold the gold, and the silver, and the silks, and the scarlets, and the fine twined linen, and the precious clothing, and the harlots, are the desires of this great and abominable church. And also for the praise of the world do they destroy the saints of God, and bring them down into captivity. Wherever Satan's influence can get a foothold, he will promote the concentration of great wealth and the vices of immorality. Satan seeks to build up arrogance and pride in his followers and get them to persecute the saints of God. Well, so much for the great and abominable church. Now the Lord wants to show Nephi how he will rescue the Gentiles from Satan's grasp. It is sort of like a slideshow presentation. First, Nephi is shown the Atlantic Ocean, which separates the Nephite population in America from the Gentiles in Europe. Then he sees how wicked the seed of Father Lehi have become as they slaughter one another in fratricidal war. Then Nephi saw the wrath of God about to be poured out upon the seed of Lehi because they had corrupted the choice land of their inheritance. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld many waters, and they divided the Gentiles from the seed of my brethren. And it came to pass that the angel said unto me, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the seed of thy brethren. And I looked and beheld a man among the Gentiles who was separated from the seed of my brethren by the many waters. And I beheld the Spirit of God, that it came down and wrought upon the man, 
And he went forth upon the many waters, even unto the seed of my brethren, who were in the promised land. In the next slide, Nephi is shown Christopher Columbus, who will not be born, actually, until 2,000 years in the future. But Nephi saw the highlights of his life. He sees Columbus cross the Atlantic Ocean and make contact with the seed of Father Lehi. Now let us hold our slide on Columbus for just a moment. Columbus says in his writings that he had some wonderful spiritual administrations from the Lord during his lifetime. He felt his discoveries and his accomplishments during his lifetime were directed by God. When he wrote to King Ferdinand of Spain, he said, quote, I came to your majesty as the emissary of the Holy Ghost, unquote. This is quoted by Jacob Wasserman in Don Quixote of the Seas, page 46. Then he went on to say, quote, Our Lord unlocked my mind, sent me upon the sea, and gave me the fire for the deed. Those who heard of my enterprise called it foolish, mocked me, and laughed. But who can doubt that the Holy Ghost inspired me, unquote. That quote is also taken from Don Quixote of the Sea, Page 18. Columbus had a most unusual revelation at the close of his fourth journey to America in 1502. Columbus had gone to the Isthmus of Panama because the natives had told him there was a great West Sea just about 50 miles across the narrow neck of land. However, Columbus was ill, so he sent his crew to explore the interior, but many of them were killed by the Indians. Sick, exhausted, and discouraged, Columbus cried out in despair. Then he heard a voice which he later described as a merciful voice. He didn't see the angel, but he wrote down the revelation. It was dated April the 6th, 1503. A copy of this revelation can be found in the biography of Columbus by Bjorn Landstrom, page 172. The angel reminded Columbus how greatly he had been blessed and that he only needed more faith to prevail. Until the gospel was restored, we did not know who the angel was that spoke to Columbus. But on the 4th of July, 1856, Apostle Orson Hyde said in his Independence Day oration that the angel who spoke to Columbus was the same angel of God who appeared to Joseph Smith. Speaking of the angel Moroni, Elder Hyde said, quote, This same angel was with Columbus and gave him deep impressions by dreams and by visions respecting this new world, unquote. This talk is in the Journal of Discourses, volume 6, page 368. Now let us go to the next slide. Nephi saw a great number of Gentiles, particularly the Spanish, make their way to America. These came to conquer and get gold. Then he saw another group of Gentiles who came to America as refugees, and these were the English pilgrims. He says, And it came to pass that I beheld the Spirit of God, that it wrought upon other Gentiles. And they went forth out of captivity upon the many waters. Now Nephi goes back to the Spanish Gentiles who conquered the Indians in Mexico, Central America, and South America. And it came to pass that I beheld many multitudes of the Gentiles upon the land of promise. And I beheld the wrath of God 
that it was upon the seed of my brethren, and they were scattered before the Gentiles and were smitten. Who could have guessed that Cortez in Mexico and Pizarro in Peru would conquer millions of natives with less than a thousand Spanish soldiers? Much of this was due to the fact that the Aztecs and Incas both knew that once upon a time a fair god had governed the people in America, and for several hundred years they had lived in peace and prosperity. Then the fair god had gone away, but said he would return. The Aztecs and Incas had mistaken Cortez and Pizarro for the fair god, and had treated them accordingly until it was too late. The same thing happened in Hawaii when Captain James Cook came from England in 1778 and was mistaken for the traditional fair god. And I beheld the Spirit of the Lord that it was upon the Gentiles, and they did prosper and obtain the land for their inheritance. And I beheld that they were white, and exceeding fair and beautiful, like unto my people before they were slain. Now in the next imaginary slide, Nephi tells us that the Gentiles who came as refugees were blessed by the Lord so that they prospered and gradually expanded across the face of the land. Originally, this group of Gentiles had great ambitions to convert and domesticate the Indians. This was because the American colonists identified the native population with several passages in the Bible. For example, in Isaiah chapter 18, verse 2, and Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 10 to 13, the scripture talks about a remnant of the lost tribes of Israel living on an island or continent west of Africa. These people are described as scattered and peeled, but would yet bring a gift to the Lord. This led the refugee Gentiles to have great expectations for the Indians, Unfortunately, hostilities developed and massacres occurred on both sides. We hear a great deal about the Indian massacres, but who talks about the Pequot War in Connecticut in 1637 when the Puritans laid siege to more than 500 Indians and burned every man, woman, and child? So as everyone knows, the Indians were gradually pushed toward the west and their lands expropriated by the Gentiles, precisely as Nephi had predicted. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld that the Gentiles who had gone forth out of captivity did humble themselves before the Lord, and the power of the Lord was with them. Now we come to a remarkable prophecy concerning a war between the American colonies and Mother England. And I beheld that their mother Gentiles were gathered together upon the waters and upon the land also to battle against them. And I beheld that the power of God was with them, and also that the wrath of God was upon all those that were gathered together against them to battle. And I, Nephi, beheld that the Gentiles that had gone out of captivity were delivered by the power of God out of the hands of all other nations. Notice this amazing promise that the United States would be, quote, delivered out of the hands of all other nations, unquote. In other words, the United States would never be conquered from without. However, when we get to 3 Nephi chapter 21, it says that there will be a tremendous cleansing of America from within.
That's going to be an exciting story when we get to it. Meanwhile, here we have this present prophecy where Nephi saw the Revolutionary War and predicted that the American colonies would win 2,300 years before it happened. Notice that Nephi saw the refugee Gentiles or American settlers prospering in the land. In 3 Nephi chapter 21, verse 4, it says these highly blessed Gentiles will set up the first free people in modern times. And in 3 Nephi chapter 20, verse 27, it says that this nation will be mighty above all other nations in the world. Of course, when these prophecies appeared in the Book of Mormon, which was first published in 1830, it must have sounded like extravagant boasting. In fact, there were three empires in Europe who considered the struggling American Republic to be relatively insignificant. Only in this past century has the United States begun to fulfill its Book of Mormon destiny of become mighty above all other nations in the world. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld that they did prosper in the land. And I beheld a book, and it was carried forth among them. Now Nephi saw that these Gentiles would bring a marvelous book to America when they came among the seed of Lehi. And the angel said unto me, Knowest thou the meaning of the book? And I said unto him, I know not. And he said, Behold, it proceedeth out of the mouth of a Jew. And I, Nephi, beheld it. And he said unto me, The book that thou beholdest is a record of the Jews, which contains the covenants of the Lord which he hath made unto the house of Israel. And it also containeth many of the prophecies of the holy prophets. And it is a record like unto the engravings which are upon the plates of brass, save there are not so many. Nevertheless, they contain the covenants of the Lord which he hath made unto the house of Israel. Wherefore, they are of great worth unto the Gentiles. And the angel of the Lord said unto me, Thou hast beheld that the book proceeded forth from the mouth of a Jew. And when it proceeded forth from the mouth of a Jew, it contained the fullness of the gospel of the Lord, of whom the twelve apostles bear record. And they bear record according to the truth which is in the Lamb of God. Nephi starts out talking about the Old Testament, quote, which proceedeth forth from the mouth of a Jew, unquote. This probably refers to Ezra, the scholarly scribe who brought the Jews back to Jerusalem around 520 B.C. after their 70-year captivity by the Babylonians. Ezra is credited with the official compilation of the Old Testament at that time from records that were available to him. And perhaps that is why Nephi attributed the scriptures to the mouth of a Jew. Nephi then says in this verse that the Bible which the Gentiles would bring would contain the gospel as taught by the apostles in the New Testament. But Nephi is very concerned that there will have been some significant changes and deletions in the Bible. Therefore he says, Wherefore these things go forth from the Jews in purity unto the Gentiles, according to the truth which is in God. And after they go forth by the hand of the twelve apostles of the Lamb from the Jews unto the Gentiles, thou seest the formation of that great and abominable church 
which is most abominable above all other churches. For behold, they have taken away from the gospel of the Lamb many parts which are plain and most precious, and also many covenants of the Lord have they taken away. And all this have they done that they might pervert the right ways of the Lord, that they might blind the eyes and harden the hearts of the children of men. Wherefore thou seest that after the book hath gone forth through the hands of the great and abominable church, that there are many plain and precious things taken away from the book, which is the book of the Lamb of God. A few notable examples of what Nephi is talking about might be cited. For example, the whole first chapter of Genesis, which explains how Moses got the story of the creation, is missing from our Bible. This is also true of the account of the spirit creation, which preceded the temporal creation. Another exciting account missing from the Bible is where the Lord explained the whole gospel plan of salvation to Adam. As soon as the Book of Mormon was finished, the Lord had the prophet Joseph Smith go through the Bible and make literally hundreds of changes and additions. Now Nephi saw that these changes in the original scriptures had some serious consequences. He says, And after these plain and precious things were taken away, it goeth forth unto all the nations of the Gentiles, and after it goeth forth unto all the nations of the Gentiles, yea, even across the many waters which thou hast seen with the Gentiles which have gone forth out of captivity, thou seest, because of the many plain and precious things which have been taken out of the book, which were plain unto the understanding of the children of men, according to the plainness which is in the Lamb of God, because of these things which are taken away out of the gospel of the Lamb, an exceeding great many do stumble, yea, insomuch that Satan hath great power over them. Nevertheless, thou beholdest that the Gentiles, who have gone forth out of captivity, and have been lifted up by the power of God above all other nations, upon the face of the land which is choice above all other lands, which is the land that the Lord God hath covenanted with thy father, that his seed should have for the land of their inheritance. Wherefore thou seest that the Lord God will not suffer, that the Gentiles will utterly destroy the mixture of thy seed, which are among thy brethren. Nephi saw that the American Gentiles who went forth out of captivity would become a great power, and the seed of Lehi would suffer widespread destruction and dislocation as the Gentiles took over the land. Nevertheless, the Lord had promised that the seed of Nephi, Sam, Jacob, and Joseph would be mingled with the seed of Laman and Lemuel, and therefore their seed would not be annihilated or wiped out. Neither will he suffer that the Gentiles shall destroy the seed of thy brethren. Since the blood of all of Father Lehi's descendants are intermixed with that of Laman and Lemuel, it was expedient that the seed of a major remnant of Laman and Lemuel should be preserved. And now Nephi saw something exciting happening to the conquering Gentiles. It says, Neither will the Lord God suffer that the Gentiles shall forever remain in that awful state of blindness which thou beholdest they are in, 
because of the plain and most precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb which have been kept back by that abominable church whose formation thou hast seen. Wherefore saith the Lamb of God, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles, unto the visiting of the remnant of the house of Israel in great judgment. And it came to pass that the angel of the Lord spake unto me, saying, Behold, saith the Lamb of God, After I have visited the remnant of the house of Israel, and this remnant of whom I speak is the seed of thy father, wherefore after I have visited them in judgment, and smitten them by the hand of the Gentiles, and after the Gentiles do stumble exceedingly because of the most plain and precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church, which is the mother of harlots, saith the Lamb, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day, insomuch that I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel, which shall be plain and precious, saith the Lamb. Now Nephi learns how the Gentiles would come into possession of the gospel message as the Nephites practiced it before they apostatized. For behold, saith the Lamb, I will manifest myself unto thy seed, that they shall write many things which I shall minister unto them, which shall be plain and precious. And after thy seed shall be destroyed and dwindle in unbelief, and also the seed of thy brethren, behold, these things shall be hid up to come forth unto the Gentiles by the gift and power of the Lamb. And in them shall be written my gospel, saith the Lamb, and my rock, and my salvation. Of course, he is talking about the Book of Mormon and the fullness of the gospel which it contains. He predicts how blessed the Gentiles will be who help to bring forth this book and assist in setting up Zion in the latter days. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day, for they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day, and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. And whoso shall publish peace, yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountain shall they be. And it came to pass that I beheld the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the book of the Lamb of God, which had proceeded forth from the mouth of the Jew, that it came forth from the Gentiles unto the remnant of the seed of my brethren. And after it had come forth unto them, I beheld other books, which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles, and the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the Jews who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, that the records of the prophets and of the twelve apostles of the Lamb are true. Nephi also saw that the Gentiles would have other important books to share with everyone besides the Book of Mormon. This undoubtedly refers to the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, and the teachings of the modern prophets. Nephi declared that all these books, especially the Book of Mormon, would be another witness that Jesus is the Christ, 
and would testify that only those who come unto Christ can be saved. And the angel spake unto me, saying, These last records, which thou hast seen among the Gentiles, shall establish the truth of the first, which are of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, and shall make known the plain and precious things which have been taken away from them, and shall make known to all kindreds, tongues, and people that the Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father and the Savior of the world, and that all men must come unto him or they cannot be saved. And they must come according to the words which shall be established by the mouth of the Lamb. And the words of the Lamb shall be made known in the records of thy seed, as well as in the records of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Wherefore they both shall be established in one, for there is one God and one shepherd over all the earth. Finally, Nephi wants us to know that as time goes by, Jesus has a wonderful plan to make himself manifest to all people, both Jews and Gentiles. And the time cometh that he shall manifest himself unto all nations, both unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles, and after he has manifested himself unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles, then he shall manifest himself unto the Gentiles and also unto the Jews, and the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. First Nephi chapter 14 Now the angel wants to tell Nephi about the Gentiles in our own day. And it shall come to pass, that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God, in that day that he shall manifest himself unto them in word, and also in power, in very deed, unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks, and harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God, they shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel, and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. They shall be no more brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. What a magnificent promise to the American Gentiles. If they respond to the glorious message of the restored gospel, they shall be adopted into the house of Israel. And they are promised that as converts to the gospel, they will never be brought into captivity by any other people. And that great pit, which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell, yea, that great pit, which hath been digged for the destruction of men, shall be filled by those who digged it. Unto their utter destruction, saith the Lamb of God, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil, and also according to the justice of God, upon all those who will work wickedness and abomination before him. The angel says Satan is planning a deep, dark pit for the American Gentiles. But if they accept the gospel, that pit will be filled with the hosts of America's enemies. 
And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles repent, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. Therefore woe be unto the Gentiles, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. For the time cometh, saith the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and a marvelous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting, either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing of them unto peace and life eternal, or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, unto their being brought down into captivity and also into destruction, both temporally and spiritually, according to the captivity of the devil, of which I have spoken. Now the angel issues a solemn warning to the American Gentiles. In verse 7, the angel tells about the great and marvelous restored gospel that will spread out across the earth. Suddenly mankind will have a monumental choice to make. If they choose the restored gospel, they will have peace and life eternal. But if they reject this glorious gospel, they will become captive of the devil and descend into the terrible pit he has dug for them. And it came to pass that when the angel had spoken these words, he said unto me, Rememberest thou the covenants of the Father unto the house of Israel? I said unto him, Yea. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and behold that great and abominable church which is the mother of abominations, whose foundation is the devil. And he said unto me, Behold, there are save two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to that great church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the whore of all the earth, and she sat upon many waters, and she had dominion over all the earth among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. Now we know there are many denominations, but the angel said that according to eternal principles, there are, in the final analysis, only two churches, the Church of Christ or the Church of Satan. The angel refers to the Church of Satan as the whore of the whole earth. She is the fountain of evil, immorality, debauchery. She seeks to ensnare the Father's children. Nephi was allowed to see Satan's church, and it had captured most of the world. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few, because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. But when Nephi was shown the church of Jesus Christ in modern times, he noticed they were relatively small in number. He saw that this was a direct result of the snares of the church of the devil. 
Nevertheless, he did gain some satisfaction from the fact that the Church of Christ, even though small, was spread over every part of the earth. And it came to pass that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together multitudes upon the face of all the earth, among all the nations of the Gentiles, to fight against the Lamb of God. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness, and with the power of God in great glory. Nephi must have had a moment of deep anguish when he suddenly saw the massive hosts of Satan mobilizing against the saints of God. But suddenly he was thrilled to see the power of God descend on the members of the church. It came on the people of the church of Jesus Christ with power and great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth. And as there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations which belonged to the mother of abominations, the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots, and behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose foundation is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people, who are of the house of Israel. No doubt Nephi was anxiously waiting to see the power of God desolate the forces of evil and save the church. But suddenly the angel interrupted the vision with a message which turned out to be a great frustration to Nephi the rest of his life. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look, and I looked and beheld a man, and he was dressed in a white robe, and the angel said unto me, Behold, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Behold, he shall see and write the remainder of these things, yea, and also many things which have been. And he shall also write concerning the end of the world. Wherefore, the things which he shall write are just and true. And behold, they are written in the book which thou beheld proceeding out of the mouth of the Jew, and at the time they proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, or at the time the book proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, the things which were written were plain and pure, and most precious and easy to the understanding of all men. And behold, the things which this apostle of the Lamb shall write are many things which thou hast seen, and behold, the remainder shalt thou see. But the things which thou shalt see hereafter, thou shalt not write. For the Lord God hath ordained the apostle of the Lamb of God that he should write them. What a terrible disappointment to know how this great war between good and evil turns out in the last days and then not be able to tell about it. Nevertheless, Nephi was allowed to see a vision of one of Christ's apostles, who would be allowed to record the highlights of this terrible onslaught 
and report how it would turn out. And also others who have been, to them hath he shown all things, and they have written them, and they are sealed up to come forth in their purity, according to the truth which is in the Lamb, in the own due time of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And I, Nephi, heard and bear record that the name of the apostle of the Lamb was John, according to the word of the angel. Nephi was told that this future apostle who would have the privilege of recording these great events would be named John. In fact, it would turn out that this book is called The Revelation of John. And behold, I, Nephi, am forbidden that I should write the remainder of the things which I saw and heard. Wherefore, the things which I have written sufficeth me, and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw. Now Nephi is coming to the end of his writing concerning this massive revelation which was given to him as a late teenager. He says he was allowed to see the great war between the wicked Gentiles and the saints of God, even though he could not write about it. And I bear record that I saw the things which my father saw, and the angel of the Lord did make them known unto me. So Nephi got to see everything his father saw. And then he closes this vision with this classical statement. And now I make an end of speaking concerning the things which I saw while I was carried away in the Spirit. And if all the things which I saw are not written, the things which I have written are true. And thus it is. Amen. First Nephi chapter 15 and it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had been carried away in the Spirit and seen all these things, I returned to the tent of my father. And it came to pass that I beheld my brethren, and they were disputing one with another concerning the things which my father had spoken unto them. For he truly spake many great things unto them, which were hard to be understood, save a man should inquire of the Lord. And they being hard in their hearts, therefore they did not look unto the Lord as they ought. As this chapter unfolds, we find that the 2,600 years of prophetic history had left an overpowering impact on young Nephi. He was especially overcome when he saw his own descendants being slaughtered by the descendants of his two older brothers. This impact on Nephi becomes evident in the next two verses. And now I, Nephi, was grieved because of the hardness of their hearts, and also because of the things which I had seen, and knew they must unavoidably come to pass, because of the great wickedness of the children of men. And it came to pass that I was overcome because of my afflictions, for I considered that mine afflictions were great above all because of the destructions of my people, for I had beheld their fall. Apparently Nephi was so emotionally overcome by his state of mind he could not even face his quarreling brothers at first. And it came to pass that after I had received strength, I spake unto my brethren, desiring to know of them the cause of their disputations. And they said, Behold, 
We cannot understand the words which our Father hath spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree, and also concerning the Gentiles. Instead of chastising his brothers for bickering and quarreling, he took the less provocative approach of just asking them a question. When they tried to answer him, he asked them another question. And I said unto them, Have ye inquired of the Lord? And they said unto me, We have not, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. Behold, I said unto them, How is it that ye do not keep the commandments of the Lord? How is it that ye will perish because of the hardness of your hearts? Do ye not remember the things which the Lord hath said? If ye will not harden your hearts, and ask me in faith, believing that ye shall receive, with diligence in keeping my commandments, surely these things shall be made known unto you. Behold, I say unto you that the house of Israel was compared unto an olive tree by the Spirit of the Lord which was in our fathers. And behold, are we not broken off from the house of Israel? And are we not a branch of the house of Israel? Nephi finally got around to chastising the stubborn hard-heartedness of his brothers. And then he challenges them with another question. Was not the literal scattering of Israel demonstrated by their own migration to the promised land? And now the thing which our father meaneth concerning the grafting in of the natural branches through the fullness of the Gentiles is that in the latter days when our seed shall have dwindled in unbelief, yea, for the space of many years, and many generations after the Messiah shall be manifested in body unto the children of men, then shall the fullness of the gospel of the Messiah come unto the Gentiles, and from the Gentiles unto the remnant of our seed. With the vision of 2,600 years fresh in his mind, Nephi stressed the two things that were most impressive to him. First, there would be centuries in which their own descendants would apostatize and drift into barbaric darkness. And secondly, that is when God would restore the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Gentiles who would come to the promised land from Europe. And at that day shall the remnant of our seed know that they are of the house of Israel, and that they are the covenant people of the Lord. And then shall they know and come to the knowledge of their forefathers, and also to the knowledge of the gospel of their Redeemer, which was ministered unto their fathers by him. Wherefore they shall come to the knowledge of their Redeemer and the very points of his doctrine, that they may know how to come unto him and be saved. Nephi had seen that it would be through the Gentiles that God would reveal the history of their descendants and also reveal the fullness of the gospel they had once known when they were righteous. And then at that day will they not rejoice and give praise unto their everlasting God, their rock and their salvation? Yea, at that day, Will they not receive the strength and nourishment from the true vine? Yea, will they not come unto the true fold of God? Behold, I say unto you, yea, 
They shall be remembered again among the house of Israel. They shall be grafted in, being a natural branch of the olive tree, into the true olive tree. That is when their descendants would be grafted back into the true vine from which they had been broken off through apostasy. And this is what our Father meaneth. And he meaneth that it will not come to pass until after they are scattered by the Gentiles. And he meaneth that it shall come by way of the Gentiles, that the Lord may show his power unto the Gentiles, for the very cause that he shall be rejected of the Jews, or of the house of Israel. Nephi now summarizes what their fathers had taught them. He had said that their apostate descendants would be driven and persecuted by the Gentiles at first, and then the gospel would be given to the Gentiles, and they would give it to their descendants who had survived the purging by the Gentiles. Wherefore our Father hath not spoken of our seed alone, but also of all the house of Israel, pointing to the covenant which should be fulfilled in the latter days, which covenant the Lord made to our father Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, spake much unto them concerning these things. Yea, I spake unto them concerning the restoration of the Jews in the latter days. And I did rehearse unto them the words of Isaiah, who spake concerning the restoration of the Jews, or of the house of Israel. And after they were restored, they should no more be confounded, neither should they be scattered again. And it came to pass that I did speak many words unto my brethren, that they were pacified, and did humble themselves before the Lord. Nephi had a wonderful understanding of the Scriptures after seeing this great vision. He pointed out that all Israel would be gathered in the latter days, including the Jews. It would be God's way of fulfilling his original covenant with Abraham. Notice that it is here that Nephi expounds for the first time the great message of Isaiah, who had lived a hundred years earlier. Nephi realized that he and Isaiah had both seen the same vision, and Nephi could therefore explain many of the more obscure passages of Isaiah. And it came to pass that they did speak unto me again, saying, What meaneth this thing which our father saw in a dream? What meaneth the tree which he saw? And I said unto them, It was a representation of the tree of life. Now the older brothers shift from criticizing their father. They begin asking their younger brother what the symbols represented in their father's vision. They were particularly puzzled by the magnificent white tree. Nephi told them it represented the tree of life, but he did not elaborate and explain that it really represented God's omniscient love for the children of men. And they said unto me, What meaneth the rod of iron which our father saw that led to the tree? And I said unto them that it was the word of God, and whoso would hearken unto the word of God and would hold fast unto it, they would never perish, neither could the temptations and the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them unto blindness, to lead them away to destruction. Wherefore I, Nephi, did exhort them to give heed unto the word of the Lord. Yea, I did exhort them with all the energies of my soul, 
and with all the faculty which I possessed, that they would give heed to the word of God and remember to keep his commandments always in all things. When Nephi explained that the rod of iron in Lehi's dream represented the word of God or the scriptures, it gave him an excuse to really lay out the doctrine of repentance on his apostate brothers. Notice that he preached to them with all the energies of his soul and all the power of his faculties. And they said unto me, What meaneth the river of water which our father saw? And I said unto them that the water which my father saw was filthiness, and so much was his mind swallowed up in other things that he beheld not the filthiness of the water. Perhaps it was to get Nephi on to another subject that the older brothers asked about the river of water in Lehi's dream. Now we get an interesting insight. Nephi said the river represented the depths from which the dark mists arose, and many wandered off and were drowned because of it. Nephi said that when he saw the depths of this river, it was like sewerage. It was filthy. He said his father had been too occupied with other aspects of his dream to notice this particular detail, but Nephi, in typical 17-year-old teenage pride, said he noted it. <laughs> and I said unto them that it was an awful gulf which separated the wicked from the tree of life and also from the saints of God. And I said unto them that it was a representation of that awful hell which the angels said unto me, was prepared for the wicked. When Nephi saw the river filthy water, the angel explained that this filthy river divided the wicked from the tree of life and that it represented the depths of hell. And I said unto them that our father also saw that the justice of God did also divide the wicked from the righteous, and the brightness thereof was like unto the brightness of a flaming fire which ascendeth up unto God forever and ever, and hath no end. It is interesting that not only the river of filthy water separated the wicked from the tree of life, there was also a curtain of fire representing God's justice, and it protected the tree of life and separated the wicked from the righteous. And they said unto me, Doth this thing mean the torment of the body in the days of probation? Or doth it mean the final state of the soul after the death of the temporal body? Or doth it speak of the things which are temporal? And it came to pass that I said unto them that it was a representation of things both temporal and spiritual. For the day should come that they must be judged of their works, yea, even the works which were done by the temporal body in their days of probation. Laman and Lemuel immediately recognized that the flame of God's justice suggested there would be torment for the wicked at some time. They immediately wanted to know whether this was a torment in the spirit world after they died or a torment of the body in this life. Now, this was an interesting question because it shows that these apostate brothers already identified themselves with the wicked. And they wanted to know when they would be tormented. <laughs> they knew they had it coming to them. Nephi said it would be both in the flesh and in the spirit world. Wherefore, if they should die in their wickedness, they must be cast off also as to the things which are spiritual, which are pertaining to righteousness, 
Wherefore they must be brought to stand before God to be judged of their works. And if their works have been filthiness, they must needs be filthy. And if they be filthy, it must needs be that they cannot dwell in the kingdom of God. If so, the kingdom of God must be filthy also. But behold, I say unto you, the kingdom of God is not filthy, and there cannot any unclean thing enter into the kingdom of God. Wherefore there must needs be a place of filthiness prepared for that which is filthy, and there is a place prepared, yea, even that awful hell of which I have spoken, and the devil is the foundation of it. Wherefore the final state of the souls of men is to dwell in the kingdom of God, or to be cast out because of that justice of which I have spoken. Wherefore the wicked are rejected from the righteous, and also from that tree of life, whose fruit is most precious and most desirable above all other fruits. Yea, and it is the greatest of all the gifts of God. And thus I spake unto my brethren. Amen. In these verses, Nephi laid it right on the line to these older brothers. He said if they died in their sins, they would be forever excluded from the kingdom of the Father. They would then go to a place of punishment where they could not partake of the tree of life, but would suffer for their sins to the uttermost farthing. Later on in the Book of Mormon, we will hear about the Father's redemption of the wicked after they have paid the uttermost farthing. We hope you're enjoying this podcast by W. Cleon Skousen. To find additional books and recordings on this and other topics, please visit skousenlibrary.com.